Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So I have more breakfast news for you, Lorraine. Hold the front page again. Here she goes. <laughs> Internet breaking. Exactly. I've got another one, another unusual one, which I'm quite pleased about. And maybe some of our listeners might like to try this one. It is a chia seed porridge with kiwi and coconut. How, How about that? Where do you How find all that? those ingredients? Well, you must not. live in a very posh place, <laughs> Trish. Well, you basically, you soak the chia seeds there in... Go. Um... I'm bored now. You oh, said God. soak the chia <laughs> seeds. Oh, my soak God. I'm just reaching seeds. for the Weetabix and, and covering them in sugar. Anyway, it all tastes delicious. You soak them in almond milk. You then pop a bit of overnight. Then you pop a bit of um, Overnight? Vanilla. Yeah, what just the hell? That. that takes, like, two seconds before you go to bed. It doesn't take long. Then you stir in a tiny, like, teaspoon of maple syrup, teaspoon of vanilla extract and then you top it with lovely kiwi chopped kiwi and um, coconut flakes and it's absolutely delicious but you know what Neil how Neil described the chia seeds he I made him have some chia seeds Neil, I can the imagine bit frog spawn <laughs> You know how they kind of go all a bit slimy. And, no, I don't. I've never seen it. Oh well, in okay. My life. Well, I, I think well, I'm I not selling this um, this new it. porridge. I'm not selling this new porridge very well. Well, you'll have to put a picture up for me. I will. Trish. I'm I've a got a nice person. picture. Hello. Hello. Welcome to Postcards from Midlife. I'm Lorraine Candy. I'm Trish Halpin, and we're on a mission to help you make the most of your magnificent midlife. We'll be tackling everything from mind and body wellness to HRT and your sex drive. Lorraine and I are here to help you have a stylish second act and answer all your midlife questions on fashion, beauty, careers, relationships, family, and as always, the challenges and joys of parenting teams. Welcome, everyone, to today's episode. I think you're going to like it because it's a super useful show that we've got here for you today. We're going to be giving you a shot of confidence to make your midlife even more special, aren't we, Trish? Yes, we are. But first, can we talk about our virtual tour of the radio stations of the UK, which we've been doing this week, haven't we, Lorraine? We've been discussing the needs of midlife women with the nation via our BBC radio interviews. Um, It's only a matter of time before we get our own show. We're hoping, we're hoping, we're pitching. picked out already. (laughs) But in the meantime, we've recorded lots of chats with a number of stations across the country, including Guernsey. We've travelled south um, on the radio waves to spread the word about the perimenopause and menopause and also talk about how women over 40 can lead a more magnificent midlife if they get the emotional and physical support that they need. Yes, we have. And it's been such an eye opener for us, hasn't it? We had a brilliant Mm. chat with a male presenter. He was subbed in at the last minute, wasn't he, Paul? Yeah, someone, someone was away. away. <laughs> um, I think it was BBC Sussex, Joe. Mm. Um, but actually, what he did was really take what we were saying seriously. And he asked some really brilliant questions, which I didn't expect. So I want to give him a shout out, as they say on radio. Well done, Joe. We need more men like you in our corner. We also talked to Babs. Didn't we? Did. We love BBC Babs. Oxford Babs. Bubbly Babs. <laughs> Bubbly Babs. Called me mate. 
Babs, mm-hmm. yes. Anyway, she was counselling somebody um, who's a close friend of hers who sounded like she was going through quite a traumatic mm. midlife. And she loved the fact that we could give her all of this information. And she was sort of helping her friend and everyone listening to the show as well. Yes, it was very nice. It was very relaxed. It's not stressful. Don't get anxious about it. But I think it's I great don't. because I think we we can feel quite proud, yeah. can't we, this week? Because, you know, so many people out there still don't know what women are experiencing at this life stage. So it's really good to get the info out there. Um, but we were very saddened. Uh, we have a little HRT prescription fee yes. update, which we're not just sad, we're, we're kind of furious, aren't we? Because the government has, Aging, I am. is now saying that it's not going to come into action until next year, so 2023, due to what they're calling technical difficulties technical difficulties my ass as mm. i like to say that's my technical term for the shambles so the idea is that hrt is a one-off prescription fee which is uh, nine around nine pounds rather than you having to pay every single time that you get it and women can be on hrt hormone replacement therapy for a very long time so it's incredibly costly i can't see what the technical difficulties no. possibly be because they seem to overcome them in any other area of life so um it did make me very very cross because this does need to happen as soon as possible because it's just a sign almost that they're just not taking women's health seriously which infuriated mm. me but on the upside remaining positive and not moaning trish because we don't like good moaning, no do no moaning, i you. did have a brilliant virtual discussion with my own gp this week mm-hmm. about the shortages of estrogel i yes. estrogel um i went into the pharmacist to pick up my prescription and he said i have none there are none you won't get any for weeks. And obviously GPs are still prescribing this pump estrogel and there's a shortage across the whole of the UK. Mm-hmm. So I did ask my GP what he suggested and he said Sandrine patches. Um, mm-hmm. We'll put this information on the Facebook group. That is an alternative if you can take it, obviously talk to your GP. Um, but you could ask that if you're just desperately trying to get your HRT. Uh, you do have to get the exact right amount because it's a different uh, mm. amount. So yeah. you just make sure you convert what you're taking properly and your GP can go through that. And also Lenzetto spray is something else Mm -hmm. you could ask about if you're facing really long delays for your gel. We will pop this on the Facebook page for those who are on hormone replacement therapy. Let's get on with our confidence boosting show, because today's guest is Donna Ida Thornton, who is to jeans what J-Lo is to dancing. She really is the expert's expert on finding the right shape and fit for you. So if you're struggling to find a pair that's right, uh, we are here to help and do listen on. We are. I mean, I know there are more important things going on in life right now than getting the right size jeans, but women feeling confident in their clothes. It's a real mental boost, I think, when you're going through all the changes that you can face in midlife. And sometimes doing something small to cheer Mm. you up, to get right, really does change your day and means you're more useful to everyone else, doesn't it? What's your favourite jean shape? Uh, well for me it's any pair that fit on the waist and the hip and thighs for that because the worst thing is the waist gap you know when you get that that? gap the (laughs) way if the waist doesn't fit properly um you can put your hand in it well down the look i'm putting that down the back you can put your hand down the back and there's a gap and it doesn't fit you know i'm I'm quite sensitive that's my shape sensitive to everything anyway donna sorted me out many years ago so we we can talk to donna about that and your hip gaps yes my hip gap mind the gap mind the gap mind your Um, gap but we're also going to be tackling the sudden lack of confidence that so many women tell us they feel when they're driving. Yeah. Um, it's come up a lot, hasn't it? Time and time 
again among listeners. And today we've got some practical advice for you on this and other ways of boosting your confidence right now. If you're having a bit of a wobble. Wobbles be gone. That's what we say, don't we, Trish? It's our midlife mantra. Yes. Especially when we're exercising. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This week's special guest is jeans genius Donna Ida Thornton, who has been helping women find their perfect denim since she launched her first boutique in 2006. Australian-born Donna left school at 16 and came to the UK to work as a PA before opening her first store in Chelsea, frustrated at the customer service she herself experienced when trying to buy jeans. After studying women's bodies all day long, Donna then made the move in 2012 to launch her own denim label, Donna Ida, to address the issues of fit and quality she saw her customers struggling with, and since then has sold more than half a million pairs of jeans. There is nothing she doesn't know about making the most of your figure, and her jeans and jumpsuits are loved by celebrities such as Jodie Comer, Lisa Snowden, Trini Woodall, and by women of every body shape and size. Now aged 48, Donna's passion for hard work, creativity and entrepreneurship has seen a take on the huge restoration of Langdon Court, a Jacobean manor house in South Devon. Together with her husband, the hospitality guru and president of the Restaurant Association, Robert Walton, who she calls Bobby Dazzler, they plan to open the doors to the venue later this year. And today she is here to answer all your denim and style dilemmas, as well as telling us why midlife has spurred her on to even bigger and more exciting adventures. Welcome to Postcards from Midlife, Donna. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. It's very exciting to see you again because I've been lucky enough to experience firsthand your denim fitting skills. I mean, you you just sort of took a look at me and measured me up, pulled out these pairs of jeans that all fitted perfectly straight away. I mean, what a gift that you have. So you've obviously seen women every shape and size under the sun. Have, have you ever been defeated by anybody uh, in terms of finding jeans? No, uh, it's taken me quite a long time to get somebody to trust me sometimes. Mm-hmm. That would be the biggest challenge, I would say. And uh, more in the early days. And also people often, they just have such a fixed idea. Yeah. 
about what the will suit them and what they want and they just don't want to be open-minded. What I used to say when we had the boutiques, we'll try these ones for you, but since you got your clothes off anyway, let's just try this one for fun. And I never forget this one woman who was in our Westfield store and she was so adamant. She just wouldn't do it, wouldn't do it. And it took me like 45 minutes to get to try these pair of jeans on. And when she did, she was literally almost in tears. I can't mm-hmm. believe it. You changed my life. What, what was she trying not to try on? What shape was it? Boot, it was like a, a classic boot cut. Right. Yeah. A very flattering, beautiful. She just, she was a gorgeous, curvy girl. She just wanted skinny jeans, which we still sell loads of skinny jeans. They're a, a perma yeah. classic, as I call it. But, you know, she was a, she was curvy, you know. She had beautiful boobs, bum, skin, a small waist. She had long legs. I knew it would just look unbelievable on her. Where did all this knowledge come from? Because you didn't train in fashion or design. How did you find your superpower? purely because I wanted to work for myself. I wanted to start my own business. I wanted to be in control of my own destiny. I didn't have my visa for England. I knew I wanted to live here and I was working in marketing and sports marketing, which I know nothing about. I barely know (laughs) the shape of balls. And they used to come and say to me, Donna, what what are they playing here? What are the balls? And I'd say, well, I can tell by the shorts. So I kind of knew by the, I knew by the outfits, how tight the shorts were. And then I was chatting to a friend of mine about all different ideas that kind of vaguely knew that I wanted to work with people, with women shopping. And I was just saying to myself, what do I like doing? Well, I like shopping, you know, things like that. And she said to me, well, you wear jeans every day. You know so much about jeans. Why don't you open a shop that just sells jeans? Which at the time didn't really exist, did it? People really? didn't go into, even though we wore them all the time, you, it wasn't exactly. a kind of big piece of your wardrobe. Exactly. And it's such an obvious thing as well. Yeah, anyway. It's amazing, really, because there are so many denim brands. I mean, hundreds yeah. and hundreds and hundreds, but the kind yeah. of boutique experience just di- didn't really exist at all. And, oh. and obviously a lot of the high street stores do their own denim lines. So you decided to launch your own line. I mean, that feels like quite a brave thing to do huge investment big risk what made you decide that you could do this and make a success of it so we started as multi-brand retail in 2006 Mm -hmm. and that's when we were like buying and selling and it was in the business plan to then create Mm -hmm. our own brand. but it was quite honestly so overwhelming so full-on we're very successful very popular and it was just just the buying appointments and staff and customers and everything was just so full on for me looking back at it as well I had to do that of course I did and that's what got me going Mm. and that's what made our name just the amount of administration and the hassle in multi-brand retail buying from so many different brands Mm -hmm. and then you've got distribution issues and delivery dates and everything and you just run yourself absolutely ragged once you get on that it's basically you're like you know a mouse on a wheel Mm -hmm. it's so hard to get off it really is we finally worked out what the gap in the market was because I sort of parked it for a bit for a few years because I was just so overwhelmed and so so Mm -hmm. busy and really barely managing in a lot of ways even though we're very successful and very popular it had to be a reason so it couldn't just be like well I want to then just start my own denim brand well but why but it was really obvious that there was no high-waisted denim brand so J brand did one called the Bardo you had to be so skinny to wear so skinny James Jeans 
dinner high waist, which really you and I would call a mid-rise, to be honest. Mm-hmm. At the time, it was considered high-waisted. And we had people wanting high-waisted jeans. And the only brand that was really focusing on it was Not Your Daughter's Jeans, mm-hmm. which, as you know, is not cool, but it was a it was kind of a solution, you know, yeah. for that. Mm-hmm. So you kind of had Not Your Daughter's Jeans, which was um, marketing themselves at the sort of a real mummy sort yeah. of like, I've had a couple mm-hmm. of kids, I'm a mom, I feel a little bit shit, and I just want to go up and over. And honestly, I even know the beautiful woman who created it for me they weren't sexy so we then actually even bought that brand and we had the solution for the customer but I then said you know this is the true opportunity this is what nobody's doing it for these women and I need it to sell to these girls literally it was so hard it was like where do you find a factory how do you find design it was like the world's biggest secret no one Mm -hmm. wants to help you and, and did it work? Did it work? Did they sell when you launched them? So a high waisted was the thing that was needed. High waisted was the thing. Yeah. So what does it do for you? A high waist jean? Then does it make you? If it's made for, like ours, it it is. So you have to have a curved waistband. That's so important. Mm-hmm. So when you say curved, so it's lower at the front than it is at the back. Right. So if, got you, it. At, so if you think about, it, if you look at a pair of jeans, like yeah. you hold them up and it's straight the whole way around. So remember when there was low waisted jeans? Mm. Yeah. It was, and so there was like um, and wide and everything. It's the same the whole way around. That's why your bum is hanging out because yeah. think about it. You've got, it's the same the whole yeah. way around. It's going to go up at the front and it's only barely going to go halfway up the crack at the back because <laughs> Because it's got to go. We need around. to cover up Trish's crack at the back. Yeah, of course. Sure. It's yeah. got to go around so much more. If you think about it, it's like going around a melon at the back, hopefully. Um, so it has to have a so curved waistband. Oh, That's interesting. Things. You know, little yeah. things like that. So, um, yeah, if it then is high, it will pull your bum up and push us again. So much to know, isn't there? So before we go on to the questions our lovely Facebook group have sent us, tell us about midlife style. You're 48 now. You're in, we're in all in midlife. What, what are you wearing today? Is it one of your jumpsuits? And has your style changed as you've aged over the years? It, it has in terms of, I don't want, I won't accept being uncomfortable the way I used to. Right, yeah. I used to accept me. I used to think, oh, it's fine. I was very uncomfortable and I accept being uncomfortable for the day. And I think that that was fine. Now I'm just like, no way. I very much know what suits me. I think it was Tom Ford who said, find your uniform. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Karl Lagerfeld, you know, all these great designers. And they wear, and even Simon Cowell, they they decide. (laughs) Don't be silly, Donna. Don't be silly. (laughs) They decide what suits suits them and they wear it on repeat. What suits you then? So what? how tall are you? I'm 5'2". Right, yeah, same so, height as me. Yeah, yeah. So I wear um, I wear a lot of jumpsuits. I wear Susie like... Trish. Mm. Yeah, there you go. I wear a lot of boyfriend jeans, a lot of um, like a little like mini boot cut. Yeah, I mean, I just... I mean, a lot of things that we make that yeah. know, are best sellers, they, they don't suit me. We make them, mm-hmm. that, but they suit, you know, different girls. So mm-hmm. I kind of... There's probably about five or six things in our range that I'll just wear and wear and wear and wear. Yeah. But you always look, cause you, you know, you post a lot on, on your Instagram channel and your look, you've got such a, a sort of chic look. Um, so I think if anybody wants to really see what you look like and what you're wearing, they can go on there and see all your outfits, but you are wearing a very nice leopard print leopard jumpsuit. Very 
Foxy. So obviously, we, you know, talking about midlife on this show as well, have you started experiencing changes in midlife? Are you aware and prepared for perimenopause? I noticed it was probably a couple of years ago that, you know, I was getting hotter and I was mm-hmm. feeling quite hot. And it happened sort of towards Christmas time. It was after Christmas time. And then and I was flying to L.A. Um, just after Christmas and I was wearing a jumpsuit. And I was really hot on the flight. And then I, but I also then linked it to, I had eaten a lot of sugar and a lot of bad food. And I then thought, okay, like there probably is a bit of that going on, but I also thought I've drunk more than I normally would do. I've eaten badly. So I think that there's, there is a certain amount that you can blame if we want to call it that on that period of your life. But I really do focus on what I eat. I don't drink anymore. And I honestly have not looked back. And that's only since, you know, since um, January this year and really leading up to Christmas. And I, and I suddenly something clicked and I said, I, mm-hmm. the alcohol is the problem. Let's get on to some great questions we had, actually, because we want to get all the knowledge from you. Yes, yes. So many women in perimenopause put on weight and well, your body changes and the fat is redistributed because of the hormones um, and they do struggle. They were always telling us on the Facebook group they struggled to lose it. So Catherine has a real life dilemma here for you, Donna. She says, in the last year, my shape has changed despite I'm staying the same weight. My perky little butt has disappeared and all the excess has gone round the front to my stomach. So I'm finding it hard to fit into jeans. How can I get something that will flatten my bottom, flatten my belly, will make my butt look bigger and flatten my belly? That does happen quite a lot. It does sort of redistribute Mm. that. It's very annoying. Yeah, yeah. I found my bum actually trying to have lunch with my knees. Yeah. <laughs> like I feel like I'm going to have to do some squats or something. It's very irritating. Um, I would really embrace a really lovely stretch jean. So yeah. go for something that is fitted. Don't don't actually think, oh, I want to like cover it up. So I would be looking at a jean with like a nice amount, like you know, one percent, maximum two percent. So right. it is so you can then does it say that on the label, the percent yeah, we'll of say stretch? That. Right. Mm-hmm. It will give you, it'll have, it'll have, yeah, it'll have the fabric composition. So you want a 90, 98% cotton, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe 99, just 1%. So you have what's called a comfort stretch. And so it will lift your bum up and push your tummy. Got it. So you, yeah, I mean, and, and actually, and do make sure that you're going for something that is, when it's a comfort stretch, that it is firm and it holds you. And it makes yeah. you feel amazing. You want to be, ha- you want to be held. Mm-hmm. Want to be held. Want to be held. Supported by your genes. To hold yes. my butt, Trish. <laughs> <laughs> Support your bum. Right. So right. the next one is actually about shopping for genes mm-hmm. because, um, as as one of our Facebook members says, there is little more traumatic than buying jeans, except perhaps swimsuits. swimsuits yeah. uh, I mean, we can all relate to, to that one. I mean, I do feel like you have to get in the mi- mindset for buying jeans, um, whether it's online or offline. What should you be thinking? What should you be asking in store if you're going into a store well one of the reasons why I started on Ida was I had a most horrendous experience at Harvey Nichols in mm-hmm. Knightsbridge and totally understand why you know you feel like that be prepared you know that's why we do concierge especially in London and sort of promote concierge and FaceTime with our people who mm-hmm. work shop with us so you have to go to somebody whether it's Donna Ida or anyone else you have to go to somebody who is going to be is going to help you then if it's a department store and they have personal shoppers you can make an appointment yeah. and say to them you know I'm nervous 
about this. I want to get this right. Could you please help me? And everyone's in the right frame of mind. Take the shoes. So you think, okay, if I want something to go out at night, maybe take a heel you're comfortable in, take the trainers. People used to say to me when we had boutiques, but I want these jeans to do everything. And I said, well, you probably can't do everything. So yeah. let's get two pairs. You know, yeah. One that we want to have cha- trainers that are running around in and let's take get another pair of jeans that you want to go out in. So I would take two pairs of shoes. Now, can we talk about size differences? Because this is one of the most confusing things in the whole world of shopping, um, but particularly with jeans. So Helen wrote to us, I ordered four pairs of jeans from a well-known department store. All four were the same size, but different style and color. Only one fitted and the waist size was over two inches from the smallest to the largest. It's such a big difference. I was actually excited to find a pair that fitted. So I ordered a second pair, same size, same color, but these were too small when they arrived. And my shape had not changed in two weeks. Why is everything so complicated when it comes to sizes? So when it's the same size, but the same color, but I bet it wasn't the same wash. Right. With jeans. So I bet bet Helen said, it was blue well but it was like two different denims one day so this is the thing with denim it's so specialist Mm -hmm. so it's so you could have a denim with like two percent stretch you know and no stretch and so that's why it's important to know that about with a pair of jeans because there's denim moves so much right so when you say wash you mean how blue it is don't you we call it the wash of like yeah so um it just means the color but it's referred to as the wash because usually it is washed down right. so if we have our say uh rizzo a classic yeah. you know, skinny jean so there it'd be like dark blue mid blue light blue right same, I see. same denim we've just washed it more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. okay so how do you work out what size you are then what's what's your size guide advice if somebody's never bought jeans with us before and then or jeans in general they've like come to us i always yeah. say to them what's your dress size roughly and then if they say to me i don't know i'm like you're wearing something right now yeah, look at it. Yeah. You must have a clue. Are you an eight or a 14? You must know. So you'd start from sort of somewhere and say, like, just give us a rough idea. And so then you would say, okay, great. So, you know, in jeans, say a size 10 girl would be a size 28, a size 12 would be a size 30. Right. So you kind of can start from there. And then I would say, what's your biggest point? So is it your bum that's the biggest? Is it your, or is it your waist? Are you more sort of an apple shape? Are you curvy? So you really only have to, and this is just DMing people on Instagram. Yeah. And you can, within two questions, I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. And then I'll say, if you're a long body or a short body, they'll say, oh, I don't know. Or I think this. And I say, well, if you, you know, do yeah. you swimsuits are always like the straps are too long or do they, are they too short? Right. So you kind of work it out if you. So it's a gradual thing you've just got to sort of take it all into account and you only have to ask two or three questions and then and um and also most people will look at with jeans and they'll look at okay do I have yeah um, you know whatever but people don't look at where the length is in their bodies and so do I have a long body or a short body so you could have a girl who's very very tall she's got really short legs what do you do about that then because I was once told by my wedding dress designer no less that I had a short body (laughs) which I didn't know I mean there's not a lot of body anyway because I'm only five foot two but what then if you have got a long or a short body what how do you adjust your the Jeans then, that you for buy. example, so you and I are the same height, mm-hmm. but you probably have got a longer leg than me. 
So I'm mm-hmm. just short, short everywhere, but but I'm kind of like average body, average like length legs and stuff. But I, but actually, I reckon you've got longer legs than me, even though we'd be standing next yeah. to each other. Really, so yeah. so it's almost like you have to. If you, the more you know about your body and you're honest exactly. with it, and you then you're you're not setting yourself up for disappointment or shame or embarrassment, are you? And because exactly. you can go in and know and not feel embarrassed about having a short body exactly. like I did, and, and know it and embrace it. And also, yeah. so many people will come to me and say, "Oh, I want." these jeans that my friend's got I'm like well your friend is a completely different person to you like mm-hmm. shape you say oh no no we're exactly the same trust me you're not and forget it forget her forget the other girls just where it's all about you like what yeah. do you look incredible that you need to just focus on yourself forget your friends forget what they're buying forget what the trends are forget yeah. what you think you should be wearing buy what looks amazing on you i've had four cesarean sections Oh, wow. <laughs> One of the questions that comes up, and I'm probably TMI for anyone who hasn't had a C-section, is you get a little overhang because the, obviously the stitches are quite tight. Yes. So that's quite hard to dress in jeans when they're very fine or very thin. So I don't wear skinny jeans really anymore because it's just, it's difficult for me to, and it's uncomfortable sometimes. It's uncom- well. it, that's the main thing. It's yeah. uncomfortable. Mm. How does a woman dress your little overhang? I don't wish there was a better word. My 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 lovely overhang because it gave me four children, so I'm very happy yeah, about it. But exactly. how do I put jeans around it? I actually, a jumpsuit looks amazing, girls. Oh, I've got a lot of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. there you go. And patterns hides everything. Go for darker colors. Go for black. And also a little bit of detail. So, for example, right. our cargo is like normal. The our cargo we have belted it really does disguise quite a bit mm-hmm. so look for a little bit of detail maybe at the front not so tight bit darker if you do want to wear something very tight go very very black though and go mm-hmm. and up and over with a, nice, with a nice comfort stretch that just like hugs it you don't want to be digging in no definitely not yeah. <laughs> midlife there is no room for discomfort no this one is actually back to denim and the quality of denim yes. because um, i think it, it, it is an issue and if you're buying cheap very cheap jeans there's probably it's sustainability issues yes. sean is asking where do you find a pair that will actually last well and uh, feel a decent weight and i think we do need to add into this the kind of sustainability question don't we because we know that denim particularly can be very polluting in the kind of manufacturing process. There's a couple of things. Making the denim in the first place, you have to grow the cotton to make it. And then when you wash it down, it then uses more water in the laundry. Having said that, jeans you should be wearing for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. They're a great price per wear and for how long you can keep them for, you've got to balance that out. I mean, I have never, ever been a fan of the high street, even when I didn't have any money at all, when I still still didn't shop on the high street because it's mass, 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 mass producing mm-hmm. and it does cause a huge amount of issues. I would still rather buy a pair of vintage jeans. Yeah. You can buy a crisp T-shirt or a crisp shirt or just wear a, you know, a really nice cashmere jumper that lasts you for years. You can mend it. We actually do something at the end of every month called, well, our sample sales. We sell all of our samples. Anything that's coming from the factory, we try it on, we wear it, we make sure it doesn't pill, we make sure it doesn't rip and pull. Everything gets worn to try it. It then goes in the sample sale. So there is no, no waste at all with us. And I'm yeah. sure that a lot of companies like Donna Ida are, and I hope they are, doing what we have been doing for years now you know 20 pounds 15 pounds something like that Mm -hmm. so it just keeps the fashion world turning so is there a newsletter that 
people could yeah. sign up to and get information about that. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. The website, Brilliant. It's like, and it happens on the last Sunday of every month at 11 a.m. Oh, gosh, gosh, I'm there. So Can I just, out. in terms of price points, though, because we should sort of just discuss yeah. that because you know the manufacturing process, you know, I mean, your jeans are about 180 to 200. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what is the minimum somebody really should be thinking about paying for denim to get good quality and know that they're probably good, being yeah, it's a really good part. I would say 150 pounds what you should do is do like a sort of stretch test you want to be looking at the recovery so right. if you then wear a pair of jeans for half an hour and the knees are still in them you don't want that unless it is 100% cotton right. and then sometimes you will still see the sort of knees and things like that you are looking at the recovery. So you want the denim to recover very well and not yeah. bag out like an old balloon. Yeah. Right. Can I just say, I am wearing a pair from when we we did our little uh, shopping in your store about, Amazing. I think it was probably 10 years ago, there you Donna. Go. You still got them. And I've still got them. They are the blackest black. They are yep. so comfortable. And I probably wear them, I'd say three or four times a month, but that's 10 years, you know, yes. so. And one more point, you know, what when I was saying about, you know, the cotton. So you've got to grow the cotton. takes a lot of water to grow the cotton. Then you do the washing down. That's if it's a blue wash. Yeah. Like you said, Trish, black, it doesn't get washed down at all. And then once you buy it and then you're wearing it, the jumpsuit that I'm wearing, I have never washed it. So, right. Interesting. You know, denim will fade with depending on how often you wash it. Mm -hmm. Eventually it's designed to fade. It will do that. Blue jeans will wash down if you have a um a black that will fade um it will eventually but our blackest black it's called blackest it doesn't mm. fade mm-hmm. but i like things to stay quite black or i want the leopard print to stay so i just don't wash things unless i got something on it and would you like air them would you just stick it outside to air it or what or do you dry clean it or i mean to be honest i just like take it off and i hang it and i just hang it up and i mm-hmm. might and i might use a bit of fabric fresh yeah to freshen up a bit but i'm relatively fresh i have to say (laughs) i'm quite fragrant if you were if you are washing them what's your advice on taking care of denim so don't wash it much basically not very much and i use a gentle wash so when i first moved to england from australia i was shocked that everybody was washing in hot water Mm, right because in australia we wash everything on in on cold and here is 30 degrees is considered cold i mean that's a warm day 30 degrees (laughs) (laughs) or i hand wash i'm very much like just you know look after things yeah on a cold Mm -hmm. now what about height because we've talked about it before we've had a letter from someone who says i can't find anything to fit me i'm just five foot um i've tried i'm about a 10 or a 12 and i usually wear ms short fitting jeans but after lockdown they seem to they are now two inches too long and I haven't shrunk. So um, things do change, I guess, kind of lines do change. Um, yeah. do you, you can't turn them up. That's the thing about bootleg as well when you're short. What are short women looking for? So if it is a boot cut, because it does more dramatically go in and then yes. go out like a bell. So if you do have it taken up, and I do take my jeans up, you will lose a little bit more of that. And I do understand yeah. that. So I then wear a wider leg, like so it actually right. more of a column. It's wider from the top of the Got thigh. Down. So then when you take that up, you don't notice it so much. You don't lose that, yeah. as it were. But I also roll most things. So I will, I'll wear a sort of more boyfriend leg or like a skinny and I'll either scrunch it at the ankle or I roll right. it. Okay. So I try Any not- the good ones then for short people, skinnies, bootlegs and boyfriend. That boyfriend, be- little, yeah, exactly. A little 
cropped mini boot cut. I think it's very cute. I don't worry so much about my height. I'm 5'2", I'm short. I just make it work for me. We should do one for the tall ladies, not just focus on us shorties. So (laughs) at the other end of the scale, we have Caroline who says, I would like to know the best place to buy flared jeans for people with long legs because every pair I find are too short. And then Carmel wants to know on behalf of her very leggy, slim daughter, she's six foot one with 37 inch in side leg where is the best for very tall my god we have one called erica which is 38 oh right and it's called the every length jean Mm -hmm. so you we could all wear it what happened is i created because there was so many girls very tall girls a 38 inside leg so jody kidd who's a good yeah. friend of mine, tallest girl i know and she said she actually only needed 36 37 so i said okay let's make it 38 and then i had the factory bar tacket at the bottom on both sides of where you know the sides yeah here, mm-hmm. bar tack every inch for six inches and then you just cut it off with pair of scissors so it gives you a guide that's, every oh, inch that's good, good idea so, so yeah. we would then cut it off and then the taller girls yeah. uh, would leave it full. and just have a frayed hem have a frayed hem frayed hem yeah nice Yes. Yeah, so don't have to worry it. about taking it yeah, up you could have it turned up if you want to but I just don't think you need to because the bar tack mm-hmm. stops the side seams from opening and then we also yeah. have um one of the very first jeans that we launched with was the ivy it's for, for tall girls and our mm-hmm. mini jean is very long as well if you don't have a waist if you've, yes. you've got to this point your your shape is you know you you are you're you're quite straight down yep. and maybe mm-hmm. a little bit large around the front yep. what are you looking for when you start thinking about buying jeans well normally if you are that shape but you've normally got great legs so i always say you know celebrate the legs and i always think a really nice tailored look look great on a girl like that go for the skinny jean go for the skinny jean heels and like the nice boyfriend blazer which then covers covers up the sort of more boxy look at the front and then push the give yourself shape push up the sleeves yeah so dress round the jean yeah exactly you probably you probably have you might have bigger boobs in my experience that like that girls got bigger boobs a nice v-neck you know boyfriend jacket or like a nice shirt push up the sleeves sort of so then you're detracting from that area and then Mm. people will just be focusing on your amazing legs Mm. and you've also probably got a really nice forearm I would say in my experience oh okay I've never thought about my forearms but now is the time and do you notice some British women getting happier about their body image because you're talking to women all day every day about what they feel about are we getting more comfortable with it or are we still slightly critical of ourselves I think that they you know in general we are getting more comfortable and um, I think there's so many great people like you guys you know out there Mm -hmm. encouraging people to look and feel really really good I haven't noticed it so much in recent years Mm. it used to irritate me where people would say to me well, I am 52, so I should, and I'm like, yeah. you're only, and I would say, but you're only 52. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I don't really like that sort of, well, I'm now 70, so I, well, I'm now a, or I'm now mm-hmm. I'm 50. Yeah. Shouldn't you want to be getting to whatever age you pop off 
Mm-hmm. You shouldn't yeah. be able to be trotting around and looking and feeling good. Well, I think it's part of this whole where the generation we're refusing to be invisible in midlife. Now, you you are also amazing at interiors. I've seen your house in lots of lovely magazines. You've taken on this like in midlife, this incredible adventure. You're doing up a grand country house. I mean, what on earth? What on earth? Haven't you got enough on with the jeans? In Devon. So we actually were, my husband and I were looking for a place. We were looking at the Cotswolds, we're looking at Wiltshire. I wanted like a big English, because I'm Australian. So for me, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the idea of a grand English country house is just like the dream you know mm-hmm. so like how do we sort of get this because then I would go on to like, on a Friday night my favorite thing would go on to right move property porn and I wanted to go further out I loved the idea of Devon and he was mm-hmm. like god it's far away so I took him to Wales mm-hmm. and then we drove out to Wales and looked at this big house and then suddenly he didn't think Devon was so far away <laughs> So then we then he started looking and he found this amazing house called a hotel called Langdon Court, 20 bedrooms. And honestly, it's just incredible. And it was one of those things that, you know, how sometimes if you really, really want something mm-hmm. and it just seems so hard and then you, you know, you're just trying to force it to happen. I just kind of like let it go. And I said, okay, yeah, great. It was absolutely beautiful. Everyone had to submit proposals. It wasn't just about the offer. It was about the people. Mm-hmm. They wanted to be looked after and cared for. And then she came to us. I was sitting here exactly where I'm sitting now. Mm-hmm. And he came down and he said, and he sat in the chair next to me. He's like, oh my God, we got it. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Now we're going to work out how we're going to pay for it. It's going to be a business, isn't it? It's another business. business. It's going to be a hotel. It's going to be a venue. Yes, it'll be for um, a venue. So it won't be run as a traditional um, rest um, hotel and restaurant open every day with a restaurant Mm -hmm. running and everything. Because I don't think that model works as Mm -hmm. well anymore. Um, I don't think it's practical. So it'll be a special events venue say so you would take it over so for you a wedding or yeah a wedding or if you wanted to retreat a retreat yeah you wanted to do exactly a writer's retreat or a boot camp retreat or like and just live in this incredibly beautiful place for a week or whatever she's unbelievable she's very beautiful. she i just call her lovely langdon Lovely Langdon. I get into bed at night and I literally, and I sort of snuggle up or I, I wake up in the middle of the night to go to Lou and I go, oh, oh just think about Langdon Court. Oh. Like, honestly, it's like having a girlfriend. <laughs> makes you so happy. It yes. makes you so happy. Well, we, you do like your names and your nicknames. Um, we have to give a shout out. You've mentioned him already, but Bobby Dazzler. I mean, you're this kind of blonde, sassy, sexy Aussie. He's this kind of dapper British yes. older gent yes. quite quite the pair the two of you how what, why does it work tell us about that well it works because I'm Bobby Dazzler's third wife okay and so he knows just to say okay yes 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 darling so we were even just talking about the kitchen at Langdon Court this morning mm. and I was telling explain to him while I why I was right and we were going to do what I wanted to do and he was trying to tell me if you wait why he was thinking something. And I said, I've already told you what's happening. I don't know why we're having this conversation. <laughs> and, he, and he said, okay, darling, he's really good at some things and I'm really good at other things. Mm-hmm. So for example, when he found Langdon Court and then he said, okay, great. He's had hotels and restaurants for himself for years. He knows how to do the deal to get that over the line. Mm-hmm. He does the big chunky stuff. I don't like that really. So yeah. He gives me the heebie-jeebie. So he'll do the big chunky things and then I do the very pretty things. Mm-hmm. And how long have you been together, you and Bobby Dazzler? We've been together 15 years and we'd be 
I think it's 12 years. This, if we got married in 2010, yes, so we'd be married 12 years this, this mm-hmm. um, yeah. June. Uh, you don't have children, do you, Donna? So you're just managing your business and Bobby and, and the house. What, yes. what was your thinking? What is your family thinking? Because your family are a long way away, aren't they? Yes, they're in Sydney. So when I first, so when I first introduced mum to Bobby Delsa, it was actually in our Chelsea shop. Mm-hmm. And I said, mum was over from Sydney and I introduced her. And then I said to mum, so w- what do you think Bobby does that? And she said, well, he's not going to want to get married and have kids, is he? Mm-hmm. Because he's obviously older than me. And I said, well, what makes you think I want to have kids? Because mm-hmm. I didn't want to have children. Mm-hmm. So Bobby does that, um, has two children, one from each of the marriages. Wives. Yeah. Yep. And um, and so he's kind of, he's got the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, he's happy whether or not he wanted to. I mean, his first child, he was married with a baby at, at 21. Wow. Okay. And he'd taken on two children his right. first wife had. So he's kind of done all that. I didn't want to have kids. For me, I couldn't think of anything worse. I think mm-hmm. it's very emotionally draining. I think it's a tough thing to yeah. do. I think girls who can you know you guys have got great careers you've had big big jobs you continue to mm-hmm. you know be the leaders in what you guys do you know I think I don't know how you do it and mm-hmm. I just know that and somehow you do do it for me I couldn't have done it mm. I tell you what I couldn't do is have four two hours there you go <laughs> <laughs> you've got Julio Fernando Eduardo Edward- I know. And Gonzalo. I but mean, even what? that is like, that's enough for me. I just do think it's like, I mean, I think it's tough. I think for me, I had I had to pick what I could take on and I mm. wanted to be in business. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what makes me excited and makes me happy. Um, if I think if I had kids I and anyone was mean to one of my kids, I would go and stab somebody to death. <laughs> And I just would have been. Those, I, I would have been one of those horrendous, you know, who would just be the worst mum of the school yard. Oh, but oh. you've managed a business for a long time, haven't you? You've been very successful yeah. in business. So you've had to be quite tough, haven't you, over these? Yeah. Are you as tough as you were, or have you softened as you've aged? I have. Um, I've learned to pick my battles. I've learned how to get what I want by softening and then being tougher. And so I've been just smarter. Mm-hmm. You know, and you just learn, don't you, as you go on, you know, you know, how to get what you want, how to make you learn to read people. You learn. Mm. That's a great thing about getting older is you just know, you know, the worst that's going to happen. You probably know the best that's going to happen. Now, before we let you go, you must have. Do you have the first pair of jeans you've ever bought or what's the oldest pair of jeans you've got in your I Well, wardrobe? I um. I wish I in Australia. I w- I had this pair of jeans from Guess, and they were mm-hmm. acid wash jeans mm. um, that my mum <laughs> and dad. Is that the '80s? Yeah, the '80s yeah. acid wash. Um, and I think um, the acid actually aged them away. And I think that, <laughs> and I think all that was left was the black plastic label oh, um, that said Guess on it with like a big sort of like line or something coming out. I wish, and do you know what I did? When the knees started getting eaten out of them by the acid, 
I then got little tiny bits of like ditzy print, like a little Liberty, Liberty yeah. fabrics from the haberdashery shop in Sydney, in Borkham Hills, where I grew up. And I cut out little squares and then I'd blanket stitch around the squares and I made this beautiful sort of like, you know, this um, patchwork quilt Just, on like the ooh. knee of my jeans. I so wish I had those. Oh, oh. oh well listen thank you so much for all of your advice your energy your passion and, and enthusiasm and, and showing showing us how to make the most of our midlife I would say in our jumpsuits and jeans it's so nice to see you guys again and to chat to you Thanks, beautiful, Donna. beautiful girls so here we are at our how to win section of the show. And I want to talk about something which has come up time and again on our Facebook group and actually in mine and Trish's own personal WhatsApp groups, because it's this sudden illogical lack of confidence that can hit us in midlife when we come to do normal activities that we've done a million times before. We've noticed that many of you have talked about a new midlife fear of driving, particularly on motorways. And I recently spoke to a woman in her 40s whose career was flying she had been knocked sideways by a sudden fear of getting into her car she wondered how she could be the same person who could land the jumbo jet but couldn't reverse park a mini yeah I mean that is remarkable isn't it I mean another listener also shared her fear of skiing she'd done it for years and years and years and suddenly she's afraid of doing that Um, and Amanda told us on the Facebook group she suddenly became frightened of driving on the motorway in her mid-40s and she asked the group to share their take on conquering this fear so that she would in her words feel like I'm not alone as some crazy woman I know we hear that as well don't we a lot am I alone am I crazy well she had over 30 replies to that post with really similar stories of midlife nervousness in the car some women saying it made them panic and brought them out in sweats and i noticed that the daily mail ran a headline recently a menopausal motorist a nationwide problem <gasps> i mean how very dead i mean that's really um, helpful isn't it it's not helpful no, is thank it you. Um, not but helpful. it is a thing um, and then they quoted it that there is a survey that melbourne university did which stated that women's ability to carry out normal day-to-day tasks during the perimenopause dropped by 40 percent. i don't know how they measured it but it mm. is definitely a big issue for many women yes it is and we as we know this panic this loss of confidence and emergence of fears around activities we used to do may be related to the perimenopause which is the 10 years leading to menopause while your hormones are in fluctuation and it really does affect your mental health and can cause anxiety and depression we know that hrt is the best possible cure for this because it you know rebalances your hormones but obviously there's lifestyle changes we have covered all of these on the show better sleep nutrition and exercise but even once many women are on hrt it seems this fear of getting behind the wheel in particular still occurs and you've found out why haven't you Lorraine? I have I have I've spoken to someone who knows exactly what's going on and actually it's all about the brain and how Mm -hmm. the brain works in midlife and I really feel for women who lose their driving mojo because midlife is busy and you really need your cars I mean I grew up in a really rural area and the thought of you know being in Cornwall and not being able to get in a car suddenly Mm. at the age of 40 would really change the way a person lived so I rang Sally Potter who is a solution-focused hypnotherapist. And she specialises in women who experience a loss of confidence generally. That's that's all she talks to women about. Mm-hmm. She's also 55. She's been through quite a menopause journey herself. She really mm-hmm. understands um, anxiety and where it comes from and what women are going through. And she had some brilliant uh, explanations and tips on the neuroscience around oh. stress in midlife. So okay. stress is the key here. Okay, I'm intrigued. So Tell me more. I spoke to her. 
And I said, where does it start? And she said, well, you start by visualizing a stress bucket, great big stress bucket. You hit midlife, this stress bucket fills right up with everything that's going on. And then it starts to overflow. There's so much happening, isn't there? Kids leaving home, Mm -hmm. jobs, caring for parents, you're totally overwhelmed. Now, you still got to think about all of that, even if you are on HRT, but you're not Mm -hmm. superwoman. You're not not a superhero. You don't have magic powers. So you are still dealing with um, the stress bucket. And that was full before you started the perimenopause. And it's starting to fill up more and more. All of this is going on. So it makes you feel out of control. This is what's happening in your giant brain and my tiny brain. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know how to say this, but I'm going to say it because I could have been a doctor. Anyway, the amygdala, amygdala, amygdala Amygdala. bit of your brain, which is the fight or flight bit, the emotions bit, doesn't know how to distinguish between an imaginary threat and a real threat. So you could have a tiger in the front room about to eat (laughs) you. And that bit of the brain, which is super stressed because your stress bucket is full, um, is just as worried about that tiger about to eat you as it is about a possible car crash if you get in the car. So it can't Mm -hmm. work out the difference between the two. So it produces the same level of hormone, uh, same level of stress response. So that's what makes you panicky. And, you know, you get really stressed and you can get a bit sweaty. So you get that if you're going to be eaten by a tiger or if you get in the car. And that just keeps building and at this point in life whether you're on HRT or not you just don't have a bandwidth to deal with that and this sets a template in your brain so your brain can't can't rationalize it properly it can't be logical it sets a template saying this causes stress I'm going to stop you doing it because there's so much else going on in your life I'm going to stop this one thing that seems to be causing extra stress and when that is your brain is trained it's like a muscle it just keeps remembering this fear again Mm -hmm. and again and again and it's trying to protect you and it's a bit of a vicious circle yeah so I mean it's it's kind of we've all had that um response the kind of over the top for what the threat actually is and it all kind of gets mashed up together but that really does make a lot of sense but I think what can happen as well you can start to feel that your mind is letting you down and you don't trust yourself do you so that kind of lack of trust Mm. then starts to um kind of get sort of exaggerated as well what do we do what do we do about this bucket well sally is a hypnotherapist and she recommends hypnotherapy i'll talk about that a little bit later when you're struggling to drive um you can start to resolve this yourself and you've got to start small and it takes a bit of a while and it's a kind of repeat it's like when you train a naughty dog you've got to just keep doing the same Mm -hmm. thing again and again You've got to break the pattern. So the first thing you could do is be a bit practical and perhaps get in the car with someone else with you, mm-hmm. um, because that means that your brain will realize there's somewhere to keep you safe. You go on a short journey and you should be headed to something that you really, really enjoy. But okay. before you do that, you need to visualize the best possible outcome, not the worst possible outcome, the best possible outcome. And that retrains the brain and starts mm-hmm. to break down the template it's got in the drawer of what happens when you get in a car. You have to keep visualizing it so that you override the fight or flight response. So if you think about memories, when you lay a memory down in a time of no stress, you don't remember it. I mean, if I say to you what you had for breakfast last Thursday, you won't remember it. But if you lay a memory down in a time of great stress, mm-hmm. it's very significant. Okay. You remember it. Yeah. So it yeah. further trains your brain. <laughs> I got in the car, 
it was awful. I came out in it. I had a terrible panic attack. Then you keep remembering and you keep getting trained. So you have to take your mind back to the times when driving was normal, when it was yeah. okay, when you could do it. So you just keep remembering that. So you override the bad memory that seems to have got set in your brain. So remember the times when you had a skill, the times when you have driven on motorways, the long journeys you've gone. You know, all of that needs to reset your brain. Um, you can try, if you're in a panic in the car, what they call the rectangular thinking um, and breathing. I mean, breathing is mm-hmm. the simplest way because it um, affects the nervous system. So you breathe in, the, the, you find something that's a rectangle, look up one side of it, the short side, breathe in, on the long side, breathe out. So you can mm-hmm. do that repeatedly in the car. And again, that's retraining your brain. Would you say, be, would you have pulled over to do this or can you? No, you have to do it in the fast lane in the motor with the oh. shut. Oh, of course you've pulled over. Don't oh, ask silly questions. So then, remember, that's the thing, though. If you are feeling stressed yeah, in the car and you think, oh, my God, just pull over. and Yeah, do just pull breathing. over, yeah. do the rectangular breathing mm-hmm. until you be, feel a bit soothed. But again, that's helping you retrain. That's a memory where it went well, you sorted it out. Yeah, yeah. And what about the, the actual hypnotherapy? Yeah. Because that is really fascinating, isn't it, how that works? A lot of science, a lot of science. It's basically dropping you, and it really does work for these very specific things, like driving, like the you said she'd been mm-hmm. skiing a million times suddenly couldn't go it, it can be very very uh quick and helpful in these situations so what it does is drop the brain into a trance-like state so a daydream mm-hmm. type of state you know mm-hmm. when you do things automatically yeah and you, you know you've cleared up the kitchen before you've realized you cleared up the kitchen can't yeah. remember it so it takes you into that state and sets a memory in that state so you set a memory in a clear calm state Mm-hmm. And it trains your brain to think that everything will be okay. So you're open to suggestion and it helps you visualize positive outcomes. Um, but hypnotherapists do it in different ways. So yeah. it's not a very specific thing, but you will generally be put into a kind of trance like state. And there's also a mantra that you could possibly take for yourself as well the three P's mantra mm-hmm. positive thought, positive action, positive interaction. So just keep thinking. I'm going to have a positive, not a negative thought about this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try and have a positive, not a negative interaction when I get in the car. My actions will be positive. This is going to be a good thing. So you can apply that to many, many things. But it's really just about calming your brain and retraining it and resetting yeah. that memory. And, you know, the good news is it's so doable. And, yeah. you know, to put in a bit of effort and a bit of time yeah. and you, you will be able to get back in the car again. Because we've heard from people who just stopped driving. Absolutely. We? And that's just, you know, you don't want to be putting up um, barriers in life. Life, especially in midlife so if I wanted to find a really good hypnotherapist how would I go about doing that well I can help you there as well so I found <laughs> Sally through our friend Louise Chan yes. who was a magazine editor and she set up a brilliant website called welldoing.org and the website recommends well it matches therapists and coaching uh, coaches to people so you can find okay. people through the website yeah. you just have to sign in and then you can find someone near you who can absolutely deal with the very specifics that you're looking for that's welldoing.org um that's where I found Sally but I think you know it's good to find someone perhaps who's been through this experience because that was the joy of chatting to her she'd had so much of this midlife experience herself she she is not going to think you are a lone crazy woman Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, you can do it on zoom as well you don't necessarily have to be in the room Um, but I think if you're having a really severe problem with getting in the car it's worth investing in therapy they're anything from around 50 pounds to 100 pounds depending on who you see and what you do per session so that's the advice today well, that to was get your very confidence very helpful I feel like going for a little drive now 
can we hire an RV and go across America? You know, I keep asking you about this. (laughs) I want to do it. Yes, as long as I can get the first goat driving. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) This stretch is why they want to give us our own radio show. Where have you been back? Now oh. we are nostalgia noodling. Well, I've got a bit of a run up to this, so don't don't uh, don't get too right, bored on you. the way. You know how I know spring has sprung is because um, Margot's a bit more frisky. A bit more frisky. Margot starts molting. Margot oh, the cat, God. that cream fur, it starts molting all over the place, and I'm like, oh, oh God, and uh, I've got the Hoover out, everything's out. You know, between Bridie the Labrador's lovely dog hair that goes everywhere the teens and, and the cat anyway it got me thinking do you remember carpet sweepers the things so, that you roll over that they those, used to give to girl children as toys yes, those, exactly yes. those things and I just was thinking about how we'd have a, a sort of a, a hoover with with a bag oh, and yes, then same. um and then a, a carpet sweeper and I was just thinking there isn't a chance in hell that a carpet sweeper could deal with all the detritus rolled up the rubbish on the floor I don't quite know how we did it but I do remember just sort of it was quite fun having a go at it when you were little getting the carpet yeah. it's like playing grown-ups but they do awesome. still sell them who is buying them that's what I want to well, know not when Dyson dominates when you can well, basically exactly. suck up the sofa and spit <laughs> it back out again clean why would you need exactly a you could literally defile for Margot with one 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 blast one suck quite excited about that mm. can I do that on my birthday yes what what did you do for your noodle where did well, you well I was contemplating my little one who's 10 who will be going to a new school go out of junior school to senior school in September and thinking oh God, we're going to have to get her a uniform. Oh, yes. <laughs> Not in a uniform at the junior school. So, and then I was remembering back to when we used to go and get our uniforms, mm-hmm. um, which was just grueling because my mum hated shopping almost as much as she hated cooking. And <laughs> we used to go to Debenhams. Yes. And all I Big day out. Big, Big day, day out. out. With my glamorous fish and chips lunch. In the oh, cafe. Oh, how lovely. You're saying That's a uniform. treat. I think yeah. fish and chips almost instantly. Yeah. Trish, how much do you think fish and chips in Debenhams would have cost? In, back in, uh, in, the back in those days, in the 80s, I'm mm. going to go 199 83p. <laughs> do you know how much we paid for fish yeah. and chips in Padstow, near where I grew up in Cornwall, Rick Stein's Fish and Chips. For six of you, 89, 83 pounds. Per, per fish and chips, 11 pounds oh, each. And that yeah. was pound twenty-five for the sauce. The sauce, so, yeah. I mean, yeah. I know it's high end, but, you know, there is an a- the average cost, I think, would be around six quid. But do you remember 83p? 83p. And if we'd been really good and not made a fuss and just yeah. tried on what we were given, I would, uh, I'd get extra for peas. Have extra peas with it. Extra peas? Nobody yes. wants extra peas. Did you use the uh, tomato-shaped ketchup bottle? I'm sure yes. you would have had one of those. That yeah, we have to ungulf the experience. spout first. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was a bit fizzy, wasn't it? Fizzy. Oh, no. A bit thin as well, a bit diluted, yeah. watered down. Yeah. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's Postcards from Midlife. New episodes are available to listen to every Sunday on your podcast provider and we would really appreciate it if you can make sure to download your episodes so they count on our listener numbers and if you could rate and review us too that is really helpful 
Oh, yes, please just take a few seconds to write a little review of our shenanigans and please tell your friends about us. We want as many women as possible to join in the midlife conversation, which is what our private Facebook group is all about. So if you're not a member, hop over and join in the chat there. Yes, and uh, you can use it to post any feedback on the topics we discuss, as well as suggestions for other things you'd like to hear talked about. And we are gearing up, actually, for next season, aren't we? We're in planning mode. Yeah. We've got some brilliant celebrities and experts lined up, but we would really still love to hear from you if there's anything that you think we've missed, any topics you want us to go over again. Um, And you can email us with your suggestions as well. Hello at postcardsfrommidlife.com or pop a little message on the Instagram. Goodbye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.